that's a really, really good question. So uh, I think sometimes it's it's something specific about an individual animal that's worth learning from. So uh, there's a there's a story I like to tell that I heard from another biomechanist. So I so I've never actually looked at the data to prove that this is true, but I think it's a really still a good story. When you look at a cat and a squirrel, both of them are excellent at climbing up trees, right? But you never have to call the fire department to get a squirrel out of a tree. So what is it about them that makes a, a cat have a more difficult time getting down a tree? And what I was, uh, how it was described to me is that squirrels have the ability to turn their back paws around as they go down the tree, right? And so it's only through a comparative and whereas cats lack that capability, and so it's more difficult for them to go down the tree. So it's only through a comparison of multiple organisms there that you might be able to get some design tricks that could help you improve a, a robot that can climb in a what's called a scansorial or vertical you know, climbing environment. That all being said, I think there are common principles that can be learned. And one of the reasons that I like to study, use control theory, and to study, we study cockroaches and rats and humans and hawk moths and weekly electric fish, uh, a wide bats, a wide range of organisms that we look at because I think the problems of closing sens sensory loops to motor output to achieve locomotion in the physical world where we're subjected to F equals MA has to be a fairly ubiquitous problem. And there may be differences like sometimes between the cat and the squirrel, we see differences in their leg morphology. We might see differences in active sensing strategies, where we might see, you know, differences between these different organisms. But by and large, they're going to be solving a really similar set of sensory motor control problems. And so I love, I feel like a kid in a candy store working with so many brilliant neuroscientists that are all experts in these different animal models, and then trying to bring to bear a common set of control theory tools to help understand uh, uh, all those organisms. So we both look for common principles, but also specializations that make a specific organism really good at something that could be both um, intellectually interesting in the study of biology, but also ripe for translation into engineering. I mean, I'll just talk about one exquisite form of locomotion that we've been studying in my lab over the last 10 or 15 years, which is um, we study a species of fish called weakly electric knife fish. If you look at them from the bottom, they're long, slender fish, and they have a, a long fin on the underside, on the belly side of the fish, that generates these two inward counterpropagating waves. And it does it all the time, even when it's sitting still. And if the fish wants to swim, say, that way, it will recruit more of the fin to go one direction, creating an imbalance between the force generated by this small part and the force generated by this long part, and begin to swim forward. And it can just shift back and forth how much of the fin is going one way versus the other in order to adjust its fore-aft movement, um, which gives it really precise control over its position and also allows it to kind of dodge the stability maneuverability trade-off because it turns out that when you have two waves going toward each other in the fluid, it creates a damping-like force that makes you very stable, but you can, if since you can trim the amount of fin that's going forward versus the amount that's going backward, the fish is able to get great maneuverability as well. So um, that really elegant morphological adaptation really simplifies the control problem, allows you to sidestep the stability maneuverability trade-off, um, and then from a control engineering point of view is also wonderful because 
the fish ha does these behaviors where if we move an object back and forth, they will swim back and forth to track it. So we can begin to understand the feedback control in a laboratory setting because of those adaptations. So not only is it just cool from a biological point of view, it's an engineer's um, perfect organism for figuring out control systems.